Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I am your host, Strength and Speed owner and Conquer the Gauntlet Pro, Evan Preparis. I got a guest with me on the line. Before we get to him, though, a quick word from this episode's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by AminoCo. With over 30 years of research by a world-renowned scientific team, AminoCo has determined the precise blends of amino acids needed for you to become more fit, increase your lean muscle mass, and improve your overall metabolic health. So I've tried uh, two AminoCo products, Perform and Heal. Perform is an essential amino acid blend with 60 milligrams of caffeine, so it's great for a pre-workout or kind of a midday pick-me-up. Uh, one scoop of Perform helps me improve performance and endurance in my workouts, so whether I use that before the workout or kind of midday just because I'm feeling a little sluggish. The amino acid blend is optimized to improve muscle performance while providing mental support and energy. So just one scoop is enough to kind of feel the difference and get things going. Or if you need more energy, you can always add in more scoops. Uh, say two to three are the recommended for athletes for maximum results. AminoCo's products are keto-friendly, soy-free, non-GMO, and the ingredients are 100% clean, which is something that's really awesome. It's a great pre-workout product or midday pick-me-up that tastes great. You know, personally, my favorite flavor is blue raspberry. I think it tastes delicious. The other product of theirs I've tried is Heal, which is a post-workout and recovery product. It's amino acid-based, just like Perform, uh, but this one has some whey protein in it. I've tried their all-natural flavor. It's a sour apple flavor. I think it tastes really good. Uh, Heal is also 100% science-backed and originally developed for astronauts. And just like Perform, it's clinically proven to build muscle and speed recovery. It's a great product for those looking to keep their muscle mass and stay lean while keeping calories lower. Heal is also very effective for accelerating surgical and injury recovery, which are crucial for athletes, especially OCR athletes. If anyone wants to give these products a try, you can head over to aminoco.com TSS. So aminoco.com TSS, as in team strength speed. And you can use code STRENGTH, which will give you 30% off plus a free gift. Uh, so check that out. And also keep an eye out because I'll be doing a couple of reviews on Mudder and Guide. All right, let's get back to today's episode. All right, joining me, I have as a guest, Brent Hastert, who's on my team, the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team. So Brent, welcome. What's up, man? Nothing much. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of Brent's background, and then we're going to jump into some of his training and some of his big accomplishments this year and kind of what he's got coming up in the future. Um, so Brent's from Kansas, has a, over uh, 20 podium finishes, including two first place finishes at CTG and two second place finishes at CTG, uh, finished fifth at High Rocks Dallas in the pro division, recently finished third at the High Rocks National Championships. And before that, you won which High Rocks was it? Before that, I got second in Dallas, the second time in Dallas and first in Austin. There we go. I knew there was a couple of podiums I'm missing there. So it's been crushing it this year on High Rocks. And then on top of that, that has been, part, been crushing it at Battle of the Lines. So you came in third, I believe, at Dallas. And you <laughs> should have yeah, yeah, you came in second. <laughs> I remember that. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. A little confusion on how to do one of the obstacles. And then the uh, you, get, you won the Kansas City event, the strength one. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, Brent, welcome, and uh, let's 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 start from the beginning. You know, how did you get into you know, like what what was your fitness background prior to OCR? Uh, well, high school, I pretty much lettered in every sport except for wrestling and baseball. I didn't like to wear hats, so that's why I didn't play baseball. But uh, <laughs> so as I got older and I left high school, I didn't do anything. I pretty much went to college like anyone else to party. And then one day I just was sitting on the couch and that broken skull range came on. And I was just like, huh, I can do that. 
I was like, I was strong. I could run. Flew to Boston, ran one at the Fit Challenge. Forgot my jacket. It was like 80 degrees in Kansas and like 35 in Boston. And they just hooked me up. They were the nicest, like Rob McCoy, and then just the nicest ever. And after that, yeah, it pretty much is downhill there. Just snowball effect. I got into it and just started loving it. Learned something new every race. Yeah, I remember Took racing. I remember uh-huh. racing against you towards a little more at the beginning of your racing career. And um, I like you, you got stuck at an obstacle at CTG, but you were like, I mean, you were burning down the field. And I was like, as soon as this guy figures out how to do the, all the obstacles perfectly, I was like, we're going to be in trouble. And sure enough, within, within a year, you had it all down. And you were um, basically every time, every race you showed up after that, it was basically like podium, podium, podium. So I think I failed every obstacle at that race. That was my <laughs> first. Nice. So, so what did you, Speaking of that, you know, so what did you do to uh, correct your training so you could, um, you know, because a, a lot of people are in that boat where they show up to a race the first time, have trouble at an obstacle, and then um, some of them get discouraged and never come back, and other ones like you persist and uh, end up on top of the podium. So what did you adjust? Well, I think just consistency is the number one thing. Like, I just, I never stopped. But it's kind of funny. My gym's upgraded, obviously, a little bit in the last couple of years, but at the very beginning, Michael Miraglio or something, he's got a twin brother, Dylan, but him and Hunter were both at that race. And they were just honestly super impressive. So I pretty much dissected everything they said. All I had at the beginning was five gallon bucket, went to a gravel road, filled it halfway up. And then my buddy would just jog. Like I couldn't even run a mile when I first started, but then like I just kept jogging up this hill. And so, you know, my grip was there, my back strength, everything. And yeah, consistency. I've never really worked on obstacles. I get my grip from like weights, really. Gotcha, gotcha. Cool. So, what is your, what is your training? What did your training look like um, when you were before High Rocks came about? And then take me through like what your training looks like now uh, with High Rocks. Uh, I, I ran a little more, but I would. Uh, pretty big into like three to five mile runs. I've never really been a long distance guy, but I used to focus on like a lot of pull-ups and stuff. Cause I was like, Oh, obstacles, you can do pull-ups. You should be able to conquer most of these obstacles. But then now that I kind of do, I, I did a lot of body weight. Like I hung from stuff, body weight. I'd go to like playgrounds, like everyone else jog, stop at a playground. But then when High Rocks came around, all of a sudden I started bringing back the deadlifts, bringing back the thrusters, more CrossFit style. Like I attend a CrossFit gym, like not a whole lot, but once every other month or so, and I steal a bunch of information from them. And then I come home and I implement that and work on it. And then I go get my butt kicked at the gym again and learn something new. Nice. I think CrossFit translates well. I mean, I still probably put in like, it's going to, I mean, you're going to laugh, but like 15 to 20 miles a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Different goals, you know, different goals. I mean, it's working obviously cause you're, you're crushing it on the shorter distances and yeah, no problem, but yeah, they, I mean, high rocks, I would consider endurance CrossFit more than I would consider it OCR. Um, just cause it involves yeah, Dylan Scott, he makes it work. I don't know yeah. how. So take me through, uh, this year's high rocks, right? So, um, uh, those first two events, and then um, they've taken me through the first two events of High Rocks this year. Well, you had Dallas right off the bat, and they had that invitational. So, really, I got second there. 
but I ran in the very last wave by myself. So I didn't really count that. Like I'm not much, I'm more of like, if I see him, I can stay with him guy. I can't really set a pace by myself. Mm -hmm. And so Dylan Scott won that and I got second, but it got overshadowed because that elite wave invitation, I tried to get in it. Kind of got made fun of honestly this summer because I tried so hard, but <clears throat> took second there. I learned a lot of things. And then I kind of implemented and changed my training a little more. I mean, I started running more. I was running like, honestly, like five miles. And I was like, all right, that's unacceptable. And yeah. And then Austin, it just something about like, just everything just started clicking. It's nice. the second half of the races were a lot stronger. My, I caught my second wind and then I just keep doing that. And now my legs, I mean, just training them not to stop ever, you know, like if you go up a hill on a race or something like that, like, and you get tired, like, learning to conquer that feeling and keep mm -hmm. your pace go. It's way easier said than done, but it's very important. Gotcha. So in your training now, are you incorporating like the Hyrox specific, are you doing like Hyrox specific workouts where you're like, all right, I'm going to run the distance I have to run for Hyrox and then I'm going to do like basically a simulation or are you just kind of working on each skill separately and then working on your running separately and then like hoping to bring it, it all comes together on uh, event day. Yeah, definitely the hope and pray. Like, I'm biking a lot more right now just to, like, save my knees because all the weightlifting and the running, like, that's that's tough. And so, like, I'll do – and I'm trying to run more. Like, I, I separate them. Like, if I go running, I'll come back and maybe do some push-ups or something small. But then, like, if I lift, I do not run that day. I try to just completely separate them. So, kind of gives my legs a break. Like, I've learned that recovery is honestly, like, super important. Like if you're tired, you can't get better, you know, mm -hmm. start losing form. And I, I don't know. I think that's a bad habit to do. Like lose your form. It's like golf. Once you start slicing, you start slicing it further and further. Gotcha. So. Yeah. And then take me through kind of your mindset running into the nationals, right? Cause um, obviously the nationals is the big event and uh you know, I, I don't know. Obviously, you're on our radar because you're on our team, and we, we know you're a beast, right? But um, I feel like you got overshadowed by some of the other guys going into nationals, at least as far as like on the media yeah. side. I do, yeah, definitely took note of that. But <laughs> I, knew, I knew I would do all right. I mean, I honestly, I get nervous because like Victor's so fast, Rich Ryan is so fast, Paul Schwartz is a stud in his own. Like they're all so good. Caleb Gate, you know, Preston Burnett tears up the deck of fit so you really never know I, I haven't raced him really ever so i get a little nervous especially being in the heat i'm like oh please don't get dead last and but i just honestly like my sights are just like, all right i gotta stay with hunter Megita. don't let him outrun me is my main goal but yeah i knew they were overshadowing me so in my head though i felt like i was top five i was pretty surprised with the third like after the sleds it was pretty much a four-man race which was relaxing Mm -hmm. yeah like i mean mcgee just broke it down like it was crazy watching him break down in front of me i did not expect it and the wall ball like i was just as shocked as him probably passing him on the wall balls yeah so for those who didn't see the live coverage uh explain what happened and how far it was like how close it was to the actual finish line of the race uh well the finish line i mean the wall balls are obviously like 10 feet right before the last station and then McGeeta and Dylan were there, and I think I heard like 33 and 44 or something like that. So I was like, all right, whatever. We'll just start going. So I went and I went, and I got to 76. 
and they're like, oh, Dylan Scott's finished. So then I dropped the ball, and I'm, I was I knew I had a lead on fifth. I mean, fourth, no, fifth, fifth, sorry. And I was just kind of like ready to pout because I was thinking Megiddo was at like 95, and then I picked it right back up. I should have just went unbroken if I was tough enough. Mm-hmm. But once I started going again, I was like 78, 79. And I hollered at the judge. I'm like, hey, how far is he? And they go, Megiddo at 75 over the loudspeaker. I was just oh. like, holy shit. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, pretty, it was a good feeling. I like, like kind of being underestimated. Especially on the big show. I just like racing the big big dogs. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it was super excited. I that was the that was Dave Indian Mud Run, so I wasn't watching live, but I, I came back after uh spending all day doing the multi lap of Indian Mud Run and I uh, got a bunch How of long awesome. Was there was eighty five obstacles, that's all. Yeah, eighty five obstacles about it was about seven point one, seven point two ish miles per lap with a lot of technical elevation. So it um you know, it was taking about two hours. Once we started, like, laps two and three, it took, like, over two hours. It was uh, – and we – granted, we weren't racing, so we were – you know, we were taking our time. But, uh, I it mean, it was – It looked like the year. Say again? I said it looked like the race of the year. Yeah, it was It was an awesome event. Um, so, obviously, uh, Sidney Morris and David Mainprize were there building some of the obstacles, which I think steps th- some things up a little bit. So, um yeah, it was good. It was really good. And it was it was kind of like a mini OCRWC, mini NORAM type thing because, you know, all the age groups race in their own brackets. So if you're competing for age group, you know exactly where you stand in the middle of the race. I like um, that. I always hate when age group gets separated and they race like an hour apart. I'm just like, it's kind of hard. Yeah. So um, that was kind of cool. All right, let's talk. Um, let's talk a little bit about Battle of Wines. So, um, Take me, take me through some of uh, Dallas's race and, uh, you know, what some of your impressions were as a uh, uh, racing battle of the lines, a new series. Well, first off, it is fun. It's definitely different. Like the T stairway to heaven two or whatever they call it. That's, I mean, that's just, I like those obstacles where, you know, like, Oh man, am I going to get through this? And they're low rig in Kansas city. Like, but Dallas, I was like, all right, stay with Victor right behind him. And, I did pretty good most of the race. And then there was this spot through the trees where, I mean, he just ripped through like those green thorny vines, mm. got all cut up and, and it was the most impressive thing. Like I could hear the vines rip. So I kind of slowed down and then I just lost him and I could never catch back up until the last obstacle. Like he was on it. I got, I did it wrong like two or three times. <laughs> and then that little, that Van Tran just came like a spider through there. I was just like, hang it. Yeah, so for those who weren't there, uh, it was Stairway to Heaven 2.0, and then right after that was uh, Complector, so their their signature obstacle. It was basically a weaver into a low rig back into a weaver. And if I remember correctly, you you ran across it like it was uh, Elephant Graveyard from Conquer the Gauntlet. Yeah, that that's right? what I was thinking. Yeah, I was just like, oh, easy. <laughs> that's really funny. You know, and then I, under and I just started hopping up and down on the ground. I yeah, like doing doing. Yeah, like like their big uh, hurdles type thing. Yeah, that's pretty funny. In their defense, I never read the rules, anyways. So it's a good way to get me snagged up. Put something tricky in there. Yeah, you know, it's um, I find that you know when I first started racing, I used to be like very meticulous and read all the rules and make sure I got everything down. 
And then the more I race this, the, the more I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've raced enough times. I know what's going on. And um, it occasionally bites me in the butt. Uh, so is it worth is it worth spending a little more time reading through the rules? I mean, I think the smart answer is yes. Uh, am I going to adjust my behavior? Mm, we'll see. Depends on the I race, just, I guess. I just invested in Lucas Fawn and Steel. So normally on a car ride there, he like has everything mapped out to a T and he's just telling me. And I'm like, hmm, I didn't know that. Nice. Yeah. He knows all the rules and stuff. Yeah, for I mean, for Battle of the Lions, I know the week leading up to the race, they were posting a bunch of videos in the Battle of the Lions Facebook group. So if anyone's listening and is not in that and is headed to a Battle of the Lions, I would definitely jump in there. Um, I think most of the obstacles, I'd say the obstacles are pretty self-explanatory, minus the occasional thing like like Complector, right? Um, yeah. And, and really, that's only because the, the beginning of it kind of resembles the Conquer the Gauntlet's uh, Elephant Graveyard, which you essentially run across and then tra- traverse a pipe and then run across the top of pipes on the way down so i could see you know after after someone explained to me what you did i was like oh i guess i could see that yeah all right so he did well there uh third and then uh showed up to kansas city hometown or or now hometown and um take me through the the strength course you you hear me yep i got you Yep, I got you. Take me through the strength uh, course. Strength course, well, they started out with that quarter-mile bucket. All right, hold on. Let me. Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. Uh, well, they started off with that, like, quarter-mile bucket carry or something. And so that was really played into my favor. Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. Keep going. So, uh, I mean, I just kind of took off with that bucket. I was like, well, I'm just going to push these and see what they're quite made of, see if they've got the sauce. And I honestly came out of the bucket with a pretty significant lead that allowed me to, like, I, I, get, I get to catch my breath at the obstacles, kind of, because it takes a lot more energy out of me, I think, because I'm 200 pounds and stuff. I'm probably not the most technique, best technique in the world. But Van got pretty close on that low rig again. He went through there super fast. But, yeah, I just had like a two-minute lead on him or something. So it allows me to take my time, sit on top, catch my breath, and I need that. But, yeah, their courses, I like how their rigs, they got, what, they have force five grips and a stairway form. Mm -hmm. But, like, I enjoy, like, unlike, I enjoy the pipes and, like, the quality of it. It's kind of like a more difficult Spartan with the quality, you know? Yeah, the 4-5 so, grips are super nice. Yeah, no, they're rigs. They're, they're probably my favorite rigs, and they're challenging. Yeah, and at the Kansas City event, like you said, it was instead of Valkyrie with the rings, it was Valkyrie with the uh, 4-5 hold. So it was like, you know, T-bar to D-ring to ropes to – I don't remember. I don't remember what the exact layout was, but, um, you know, varying holds going up and down. Yeah, anyone that joy- enjoys those TR, like those races are definitely worth like definitely worth attending. They kind of got everything you're looking for. Quality rigs. You got your walls, you got your up and unders, your yeah. carries. What was your thoughts on the uh, comparison of um the grip course compared to the strength course? So Dallas versus Kansas City. Any kind of thoughts on the difference dif- what was different slash similar type thing? 
Well, Kansas City redlined you a lot more. Like, I remember that t- they had a tire. It was like a semi-tire. And it wasn't a very big hill, but it was kind of steep. And I remember that being significantly harder. Like, I thought Kansas City redlined, like, maxed your heart rate out a lot more than Dallas did. I didn't think Dallas was as grip-intensive as they sold it to be. Yeah. But I enjoyed the bucket carry. Like, I like at the beginning of races when they do things to kind of separate and eliminate bottlenecking at the obstacles. Mm-hmm. And I – yeah, that was probably my favorite part about Kansas City. But, I mean, they did that in Dallas with the cinder block carries. So. But the yeah, venue was probably better, way better view in Kansas City. I really I liked look. how you could tell it was – I mean, you could tell it was by the same guys, but it almost felt like two different courses to me, right? Like two um, – it didn't feel like, all right, this is the same race, but now we're in a different city. Like it legitimately felt like a different race. Uh, with still a lot of the same flavor, right? So, you, I mean, you could tell a lot of the obstacles had the same design construction, a lot of Force 5 grips on there and stuff like that. But, I mean, I know the, the Kansas City course, I felt like I was doing obstacles pretty much nonstop. You know, it was yeah. like occasionally there'd be like a short area where you could open up the legs, and then it would be like, here's another carry. Here's another, you know, the twist on life, the new uh, kind of that rolling one. Here's a sledgehammer hit. Here's a you know, tire flip, here's a tire drag, here's, you know, it's just like boom, 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 all the way to the end. Um, well, and my fiance and my son don't come to my races very often. So, like, in Kansas City, like, I know they kind of did in Dallas, but in Kansas City, like, they truly had, like, a festival area where you came in and out of, like, two or three times with obstacles. So it was nice that, like, she didn't have to walk around with him to watch all my events. Yeah, absolutely. Like, all the obstacles, not just me running in a field. That's my wife's comment. Every time I take my wife to a race, which is almost most races, her, her comments are always, um, one, if the course loops back through the festival so they can actually see something, and then the other one is uh, she always wants a course map. Those are her two, uh, her two complaints or slash uh, pieces of information. You get her Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I would uh, do that at camera. I, wish, I do wish the people that do the live feed – I wish Sid would keep them on the golf cart with him. That was one thing I would critique about the race, probably. Like the live feed. I would have that girl on the golf cart. Mm. So yeah. she can move faster. That's a good idea. I like that. All right. So what do you got coming up for the, you know, you crushed, uh, crushed the High Rocks Nationals here. What else you got coming up for the rest of 2021? Well... I I think Grit Games registration closed. I considered it so far away and everything. But after that, I'm coming after all of you guys and your endurance events. Nice. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I, I like to just get a lead and try to hold on, hope for the best. Um, and after Battle of the Lions, what's that called? Imperium? I get them all confused. The endurance one we're talking? Yeah uh perpetuum is the endurance one perpetuum so that's in oklahoma city on august 7th the following weekend i'm pretty excited to race ryan kent in dallas and whoever else is there um at high rocks that's a high rocks okay and then i don't know the exact dates i'll probably i'll probably finish out the botl series the battle of the line series i forget what the fourth one is and when it is hopefully it doesn't interfere it's the sta- but, standard. It's the um, it's just like the generic OCR one. So you get a little bit of everything in there, and that's in Little no. Rock, I believe. 
Well, if that one falls into line with the schedule, I'll do that. But there's a new team race in High Rocks that's going down in Madison, Wisconsin. So Dylan Scott, myself, Morgan Schultz, and Callie. I'm oh, Schweikart. Yeah, Schweikart. We're going to team up and do that. Oh, that's a great team. I'm excited. It's going to be tough. Um, and then after that, I'm going to probably go to Boston on October 21st and try to break the doubles world record with Dylan. Nice. And at the same time, those girls are going to try to break the women's world record. So we were just talking about like, how sweet would it be to dominate two relays in a row. Yeah. But other than that, there would probably be – oh, probably do the hometown rugged maniac. I got some guys from work that are all gung-ho about doing a race with me, and I was just like, probably swing it. Nice. Nice. But, yeah, some will pop up, some small ones. Good stuff. But it's kind of how I approach my OCR. I'm just like that week of, I'm just like, let's do it. Any interest in doing DecaFit? And if not, why? Not a whole lot, honestly. I tried to do the AT&T Stadium one. Like, I don't qualify as an elite runner. What? I don't know. Whatever. Like they're <laughs> to sign up for their elite race. Like I couldn't get in the elite wave. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I asked Yancey. I figured, oh well, if someone can do it, Yancey can do it. He was, I don't know. He just said something about some form, some application. And I'm just like, my goodness, this is complicated. And so I'm kind of over the Spartan unless they like wave me into the elite wave or something. Yeah. But I, no- could, I could see that. And the, I mean, the, with your finish at high, at high Rocks, I would assume uh, if they were being difficult before, they would be less difficult now. But who knows? You know? Yeah, definitely. Who knows? I mean, I wish. I love the stadium races. But DECA fit? Not really. I mean, if I ran into a DECA strong and I happened to be in town or something on a free day or, like, got an entry or something, you know, like an invite, I would probably attend. Gotcha. But I'll let, I'll let guys like Nick Riker and stuff keep winning that. Make them feel good. <laughs> Sounds good. Quick reminder that this episode is brought to you by AminoCo. You can find their patented products at AminoCo.com slash TSS, and you get 30% off with a code STRENGTH. One of the things I really like about AminoCo is all their products have been proven through actual clinical trials. Uh, so you know you're getting the best and you know it works. It's pretty crazy to see how much scientific data there is backing up these products. AminoCo uses a precise combination of essential amino acids in their products, which are proven compounds with many years of scientific data backing up their effectiveness. Performs a great pre-workout product, which helps improve strength, focus, and endurance. And heals a great post-workout product for those that want to recover faster but keep their slim physique or racing weight. You get a lot of the same benefits of recovery as you would with something like whey protein, but at a much lower caloric cost. In clinical trials, heal was shown to be four times as effective as whey protein at triggering muscle repair. So you know it's good stuff. Make sure you check them out. I recommend Blue Raspberry as my favorite flavor of Perform. Again, you can check out their products at aminoco.com slash TSS and get 30% off with the code STRENGTH plus a free gift for uh, new users. All right, let's get back to today's episode. Uh, any interest in going to OCR or WC or too far of a trip? Uh, kind of. Kind of sounds fun. I don't know what I'd do. I'd probably do the longer course if I went. That's in Stratton, right? Yep. The end of September, I'm going to say. Yeah. That's possible. I mean, 
if high rocks would fly me over to germany i'd go do world high rocks on september 11th that's what i really would like to do but flights to germany are out the roof right now oh they're really yeah that's uh i have i haven't i haven't even looked at international flights um just because uh no work. don't do it and I, then I, that's what i've heard people several people say that we're like international flights are through the roof right now it's like okay so maybe i'll wait wait for yeah, some more international adventures blast. yeah ocrwc mm-hmm. is september Agreed. 24th through 26th that weekend um, well if i don't get an invite and i flew out to worlds at high rocks then i would probably definitely consider that because i've always wanted to go everyone says it's like the best yeah you do well there too. So, uh, speed and obstacle uh, technicality, like you do really well. So, and then Battle of the Lions for anyone that was listening, I'm tracking October 9th, Little Rock, and that's their standard course. But, yeah, I should be free. I'll probably end up going to that. Then. Pretty good practice before the 21st. A lot, lots of great stuff coming from Battle of the Lions. I know they're they're working some other stuff that is going to be pretty big for uh, next year. And, I, and if you've if you've been following Sid uh, Sidney Morris on Facebook, you'll see he's basically like going around to all of the kind of local brands. So he's at Indian Mud Run. I think he's going to be at Nightmare Challenge. So those two races in Ohio. So he's he's kind of traveling around going all these races and helping them build and helping them uh, course design and some stuff like that. So uh, I'm definitely offended he offered me a sharks, by the way. The, yeah. He turned sharks loose. I was just like, Oh, did he really? Yeah. He said he gave him away. He didn't have time or something. He turned him. I don't know who he gave him to. It's some nice tank though. I'm sure aquarium of some yeah. sort. All right. So we, you know, we covered your 2021. We covered some of your background. Um, Beyond 2021, any like major bucket list uh, race races or goals that you kind of have set right now, or are you just kind of taking things as they come? Uh, mainly I just I don't really think much about race. I mean, I really want to win a fit challenge. That's like that's an obstacle course race. I told you like you'd enjoy the endurance one out there. Yeah, I that's really been on, want. Like, huh? That's been on my bucket list for years. That and Indian Mud Run. I finally made Indian Mud Run work this year, so I'll have to make Fit Challenge work uh, next year. Yeah, we'll have to knock that down. I'll have to ask Rob when that is. Cause that's like my first race. I want to win it. But Ryan Kimson shows up to that one every year, so I might have to Nancy Kerrigan him or something. I don't know. <laughs> but that's been a goal of mine forever, like to win the very first race I did. Other than that, I pretty much focus on like just – myself i'm working out i'm just like all right like i'm 203 pounds like let's try to get to 193 someday try to like take the load off a little bit mm-hmm. be just as strong 10 pounds lighter yeah so that'll be my goal and i would triathlons kind of sound fun i i think a couple endurances would be fun too like trail endurances like in the mountains or something some sort of eight hour race nice nice so- i don't know why Jumping back in time, just because I'm, I'm very curious, how did you find Fit Challenge? Because, I mean, it's not – most people's first race is like, oh, I did a Warrior Dash, I did a Rugged Maniac. But Fit Challenge is kind of like an – it's like an OCRS. It's like very OCR, right? Like that's – I feel like you need to be in the community and to like know people to find that race. Well, that's funny. So, like I said, I used to like to party. So, like I was watching that Broken Skull and I was talking shit to my friends and I'm like, I found Hunter on Facebook and I just PM'd him just like, you're a pussy. I'll beat you. And he said, I'm racing in two weeks at Fit Challenge. 
I'm like, fuck it, let's go. Me and my buddy flew out there, got just absolutely destroyed. <laughs> it was a hill park, like hills, carries, obstacles, you name it. It wrecked me. I got destroyed. Super humbling. But that's how I found it. I honestly had no idea about any races ever. That's I didn't wild. even, I barely knew what OCR was. That's That's so funny. That's so fun. That's such a good story, too. <laughs> yeah, no, but it definitely did. Like, I mean, I was definitely not going down the best path in the world. Fast food for breakfast, lunch, dinner. And, yeah, just beers in between. Gotcha. It's not a healthy lifestyle. Gotcha. Cool. Well, not that part's not cool, but the, the change you've made is cool. Um, how have you found – kind of sustaining uh more of a positive healthy and uh fitness focused lifestyle like any any kind of tips or secrets you have that uh or things that specifically work for you that you think you can share with someone else who might be in like a similar situation or might be um behaving in a similar manner uh well honestly you got to find like i don't feel like working out half the time which is like a lot of times i gotta make myself but i find that if you find something that fuels you and you can feed off, you know, something that you can feed off of to drive you like, okay, so I don't want to run three miles, but you know what I really don't want to do? I don't want to lose this race on Saturday. Like, I, I don't know why I kind of put that pressure on me. And then I talk some shit on the internet and then I start getting anxiety before the race is like two days. I start being like, oh man, I hope you can back it up. And, but I personally, I feed off that anxiety. I think, I don't know why, but so like, you know, Whatever your goal is, like people have different goals. You could be like, oh, I just want to run 45 minutes, you know, battle the lines or something. So you just got to be like, all right, I'm at 52. I don't want to get up. I don't want to eat that cookie or something. You just got to do it and then not eat it if you want to reach your goal. And I think it's pretty simple. It's pretty black and white, in my opinion. You either do it, be a doer, not a donter. I like it. Yes, you know, that. I feel the same way, you know, like uh, there's a lot of days where it's not like, you know, I, I don't want to go run for a long time right now. That's not, that does not sound fun. Um, but like you said, it's like, well, I'd rather run for a long time today and win in a couple of weeks uh, than not run right now and, and lose or, you know, be out of shape or something like that. So Yeah, whether it's a relay, age group, anything, standing right. on the podium is a good feeling, especially like, I mean, whatever. It's a good feeling to be up there. Gotcha. Yeah, I like that. Good stuff. I, re- I I can definitely relate to a lot of that. All right. I think we're going to start uh, wrapping things up. Um, before we get going, um, tell us something people would be surprised to know about you. Uh, probably that at my house, I'm like a chicken farmer. I've got like 75 to 100 chickens. Damn. Like, that's probably like what I do on my free time. Like sometimes I'll just catch myself outside drinking coffee, staring at chickens for like two hours. I'm like, huh. I don't know why. I find them fascinating. Are you <laughs> primarily using the eggs or then and, and eating them? Or what's the... Well, you... I'm like a level two chicken farmer. I just figured out how to keep them alive. Good. For the whole <laughs> life of coyotes and raccoons. Okay. So now that I've got safe, my pen's upgraded. I'm, the next step is to start buying, like, there's a different kind of chicken. Like, the ones that grow, like, four to six weeks. Okay. The next to have, like, a summer, like, buy, like, 40 of those. And then have a big old butcher fest one day. I don't even know how to clean a chicken, to be honest. But I'm, I'm going to learn. Gotcha. But yeah, so, that's probably a fun fact. 
Randy Lackey on our team, I don't know if you know this, used to have several chickens. I don't know if she still has them. I know she moved recently, so I'm guessing she she got rid of her chickens. Uh, but they all they all, they all had ridiculous names like uh, Jennifer Heniston or something like that, and they all were they're all like celebrity names, but with the word like hen or chicken somehow mixed in there. Do, do you give names to them, or are they just are they just they're all chi- they're all named chicken. Name my dog <laughs> dog chicken. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Keep it simple. Uh, so for for mine to relate to that, when I was tr- when I was training for uh bodybuilding i essentially would eat chicken like like every two or three hours i'd eat like a a chicken breast like all Mm. day so i'd be at work and i'd have um these plastic bags just with uh cooked chicken breast in them and we'd be in like meetings and i would i would take out a chicken breast and just start like eating in the middle of the meeting just completely complete disregard for whatever else is going on um so for a couple of the exercises my call sign was a bag of chick bag of chicken it was like on my uh on my, uh, we were doing, we were using an app to message people, message each other back and forth. So I know I saw a picture of you bodybuilding. I was, I was kind of laughing. I never knew you did that. I bet what's <laughs> hard OTR endurance events or the discipline of doing that bodybuilding. Like that takes more discipline. Like, I mean, in OCR, you burn so many calories. Like, honestly, I just eat cheeseburgers, pizza, anything. And I'm just, I'm a furnace, but in bodybuilding, I don't know anything about it. So what's harder? Um, so they're different hard. Bodybuilding is harder in the fact, in the fact that it, it is 24 hours a day. Like to be a bodybuilder, you have to be bodybuilding 24 hours a day. And you know, the, the hour, maybe two you spend in the gym is the easy part. Cause that's fun. Um, and you typically have a little bit of carbs before you go to the gym. So you're in a good mood. And then the rest of the day is like persistent misery. Cause you're essentially hungry all day. And, uh, you're typically on lower carbs. Um, the one thing I'll say is it's a lot easier to control your diet than it is when doing OCR because when I'm doing OCR, like you said, I'm burning so many calories, it's upregulating my desire for food uh, versus when if I stop running, I can control what I eat a lot easier than when I am running because I'm when I'm running, I'm hungry all the time, right? Like, And you eat a full plate of food, a full plate of healthy food, and then I'm like, I need more calories. I'm still hungry. Well, um, that brings me back around like advice to people. Like I've tried keto for two hours. I thought about going vegetarian for 30 minutes. And I mean, I've just found that, dude, I like cheeseburgers. Like I like bacon in the morning. Like I, I like that. I live on carbs and oh, li- just live on it. Pop tarts, whatever. Like I just eat to enjoy. I think a lot of people burn themselves out because they, oh, chicken, rice, broccoli, no flavor. Let's eat it. I'm just like, that sounds so terrible. Yeah. It's not fun, and then you just – I think you lose the enjoyment, and then those workouts that you don't want to do are twice as hard to do, A, because you have no carbs. Like, I inhale, like, 300 grams of carbs a day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and now that I'm doing endurance obstacle course racing, my, my – my, I definitely have more body fat, but I'm also burning a lot more calories, and I'm also eating a lot less clean. But I know – like, what I like from bodybuilding is I know what, quote, unquote, perfect looks like to get, like, the leanest physique possible. Um, and I know the commitment it takes to, um, to get that lean, right? So I can take the same mindset on commitment and focus and apply it to obstacle course racing with a looser diet. That's more fun, especially for my wife. Cause you know, yeah. when it's like, Oh, let's go out to eat dinner. And you're like, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to bring a bag of chicken with me and, uh, <laughs> and just eat that. She's like, 
this is terrible. Let's not go out. And I was like, okay. Have you ever found you perform a little better? Like, quote, like feeling pudgy. Like sometimes like I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a little self-conscious and I'm like, oh, I'm pretty pudgy this race. But then like a lot of those races, it's just carbs and water. And like when I actually get out on the course, I'm just like, holy smokes. I, like I usually gain like four or five pounds, like two days before the race. Yeah, you know, I mean, that makes sense. So, I mean, when your body stores carbohydrates, it also stores water, right? So when the carbohydrates go into your muscles, glycogen, it's stored. So you you should actually probably put on a, I don't know what the exact number is, two pounds or whatever, um, before a race, if you, if, especially if it's a longer race, is it means your, your body's storing that glycogen. Uh, do I personally feel faster? Hmm, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> smoother more relaxed sometimes like i don't get as tired i don't know maybe not faster but i feel better yeah i mean i I definitely feel you i feel better when my carbs are full um and i can like what's interesting is when when i when i start carving up i can feel it in my cheeks like i can my cheeks feel fuller uh versus when i'm I'm doing a lot of running and not eating enough carbs my cheeks feel slimmer to me it's it's very interesting feeling um and i can I, like I don't look different, but I can feel it on my face. Like when I smile, I can feel like the my, my cheeks feel fuller. I don't know how else to describe it. So kind of a random thing. You coming for the podium at the next uh, conquer the, not conquer the gauntlet, uh, battle of the lions, the endurance one. I mean, yeah, that's the plan. The, um, my plan is always to get on the podium. Uh, it doesn't always pan out that way. The well, I always laugh when we went at it the first time. Like I had such a lead on you, and then I just slowly, like every lap, lost like ten, five minutes, ten minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes and then like the last lap we started at the same time i was like i'm not gonna make it <laughs> so that was a good race yeah that was uh what was it oklahoma city conquer the gauntlet continuum was it yeah i tried so hard i walked up hills but like the jumping was starting to take a toll on me and you were just cucumber and cool as a cucumber right by me and i'm just like oh god here we go i'm done to, to, to give you credit i had to push pretty hard to move past you i was pushing i was i was not enjoying having to run you down and I was very, I was worried that last lap. I was like, oh, jeez. I was like, I'm well, going to be like 20 minutes, I think, on the last lap. Yeah, we, you, we were going over a wall and you cramped um, and basically fell off the wall. <laughs> it was the big, the great wall. And I passed you. And as soon as I passed you, I just, I, I just put down the hammer as hard as I could for the next like mile. And then I was like, all right, that's it. I can't see him anymore. So, Never saw you again. Yeah, Not I, even just, close. I just wanted to, uh, like you, like you said, it's easier to stay with you when, when you can see someone. And I was like, I just need to take a couple of corners and uh, get ahead of him, and um, I, sh- I should be able to keep him off. But you got and, any predictions coming up on here? Who are we wa- who are we watching out for? You know, it's hard because so this is an endurance event, but it's it's fifteen miles, so it's not it's not necessarily a six hour or eight hour. Um, so I don't think I don't think it necessarily plays as much to my advantage as I would like. Um, I don't know. It it really depends on who shows up that day. So there's not that many like 15 mile OCRs that are not mountain courses. You know, um, Tough Mudder has a 10 mile course. Um, so I don't know. I think you could. I think we'll see some of the guys who are normally short course guys, um, still being up in the top. Uh, you know, top three, top five. So it may not be. I know people are like, oh, well, this is the all endurance. You know, I, I think you'll get a lot more short course up guys up there than we were initially. Uh, some people. I think the obstacles, the three laps of the thirty obstacles, will probably take a toll on people more than the actual running. I'd agree. Like with those that. guys are kind of crazy. Like they don't really think about others' feelings very much. Like 
if they want to put something difficult, they just do it. And they're like, deal with it. Yeah. And that's what I love about uh, smaller brands where there's like, it's like almost no rules. You're just like, yeah, we're just going to put this on the course because uh, we we were building and we thought it was a good idea. So we did it. And you're like, yeah, I thought Jenny was going to speak on good courses. I've never done a Savage. And I seen Jenny was going to Chicago on the 23rd. I was going to be like, Jenny, let me bum a ride up with you. I'll buy pizza. Yeah. And go, I've never done one, but like I hear nothing but awesome things. Their videos look cool. Yeah, their events are great. I've only actually only been to one. Um, I'd, I'd like to get to more, but it's usually usually not super close. Um, so nothing is in big, Yeah, it's kind of a big big trip, and uh, we've been kind of the longer I've been racing, the more I've been just been like, all right, well, I'm gonna take my big trips for uh, really major events for me, like uh, toughest mutter type stuff, and then you know I'll travel shorter for the shorter ones. So. That's kind of how I'm, I, I kind of, the old, more I do it, the more I'm just, I'm a little more picky about, like, I want it to be worth, I want the juice to be worth the squeeze on the events I go to. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, you should, you should message her. I'm sure she'd be, she'd be down. Most of us are look, always looking for a company there. Who's not? Yeah, it's terrible to go on like eight hour rides by yourself sometimes. You're just like, oh God. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's actually start wrapping it up. What um, any shout outs you want to give friends, family, sponsors, etc. Ah, uh, well, love my Ufus and my highly bag, highly highly bag game changer. Putting the shoes in the bottom, I didn't even know that was a thing. It must be like totally twenty twenty. But no, I mean, I, just did you get the work- did you get the six huh? in one or did you get the uh, day pack one? Which one did you get? What is, for what highly? Yeah. The backpack, I got like the big 80-gallon, 40-gallon one, like the biggest one you can get. Okay, yeah, that's the six-in-one. It's the one where you, like, you can zip off the backside? Yeah, and like coolers on the sides and so stuff. So good. That, back, oh, that, back. that backpack's the, the bomb. I love and it. That's what I race in and all my high, like, best shorts. I never even wore high. Like, Lucas wears them all the time. But, no, the only shout-outs, I mean, I got Joe Douglas. Dylan Young, Sharky Slider, and Lucas Fawn and Seal. Like, I work out with those guys. Like, if one of them's being lazy or I'm being lazy, like, they're all, like, a pain in the ass, honestly. Like, they usually are just always annoying me. Like, let's do this, let's do this. And I'm just like, oh, my God, just stop calling me. I'll meet you there. <laughs> but, yeah, those guys, like, honestly, like, they all – I'm a pretty undisciplined person, kind of. Not really. I'm self-critic. But they all do very well and – keeping me and my wild card self, my in line, keeps me on track. And that's probably honestly like a big reason. And Adrian, my fiance, she watches all my the kids all the time so I can do this. That's the biggest. She watches my three-year-old all the time. She's incredible. Well, sounds like you got a great uh, support system backing you up there, which is super important. And uh, it's, it's showing in your race results. So good work well, all around there. You got it lucky maybe joining your guys' team was lucky like good things have happened last year and a half <laughs> yeah i mean you, you you scored up you scored enough results where um you know it was a no-brainer to put you on the team so well it's just been uphill from there like i think maybe the backpack maybe the shorts i don't know <laughs> something good's going down though yeah we get we get a lot of good uh perks from our supporting sponsors so we try to That's amazing we try to say thank you to them whenever we can all right we're gonna get going 
let's see news um new articles are up on ocr world championships websites uh that i wrote so one of them is about you know if you're going to ocrbc which races should you attend and um the answer is not always all of them but um it often kind of leads in that direction but you know it gives you some good justification on like why you should do this one or that one depending on your goals and what what you're going there for a uh, bunch of new articles on mud run guide let's see there's a frontline ocr review there is a um, Rugged Maniac review that's going up there. There is a Rugged Maniac X review, so their multi-lap option. There is a Rugged Maniac VIP review, so their VIP experience. And there's a new article up there about Mudgear called Mudgear In It for the Long Haul. Just kind of highlights how Mudgear has been here for years and uh, is not like one of those brands um, like we've seen, you know, Reebok come and go. We've seen Merrill come and go. We've seen all these big brands kind of dip their toe in the OCR pool and try to like get as much profit as they can and then bounce out. Um, it's just kind of highlighting that how Mudgear is kind of stuck with our sport and just kind of show giving them some love and also has a link to Bobby Ross's Made Tougher video. So definitely go over to Mud Run Guide and check that out. Uh, then I published a whole bunch of new articles on Team Strength Speed. So head over to the blog section there. And I keep forgetting to share them to Facebook. I need to do that. And uh, other than that, um, blood mitts are in stock, extreme and lights. And all my books are in stock at teamstrengthspeed.com. You guys can get out over and order them or uh, most of them are available on digital on Amazon. You can also order them off there. So and my biography, Ultra OCR Man from Special Force Soldier, Target Setting Obstacle Course Racer is also available on Audible. So always busy, always got a lot of things in the works. All right. Anything else, Brent, to add before we go? Just that you still owe me a 10-mile run that you've never hit me up for. I need oh, yeah. I'm, for I'm the worst. Miles. I need one 10-mile run at least. Well, I live, I live about two hours away now. I moved uh, about two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, we smoked. Well, next time you're down at like ROKC or something. I mean, I'll probably be down there before the race, maybe once. Uh, I'll be down. Actually, I'll be in. I'll be in Kansas City, July tenth. All right. Well, maybe we can make it work that weekend or day, whatever it is. All right. I'll hit you up. All right. All right. Thanks Take again, care. Brent, for coming on, and we'll yep. catch all you guys later. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, please like, share, all that good stuff. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. All right. We'll talk to you later.